same old trouble villains always knocking at the door pretty pictures on the page but nothing ever stays the Thank you, Vandello, and welcome once again to Graphically Novel. My name is Josh Wasta, a.k.a. Fallout Fieri. And with me, as always, sitting here wincing, you're wincing. Yeah, yeah, waiting. Is my chief. Oh. My baby lies. Oh, God. (laughs) My Danny the Street, nay, my Danny the World. It's fair. Oh, Jesus. It just keeps getting worse. I think I threw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> I think he threw up in my mouth. Oh, <laughs> uh, and with us, the lovely and talented, as usual, who puts up with all of our shits, Miss <laughs> Jennifer Howland. Thank you, Bear. And it's my distinct pleasure to introduce our guests. And today we are graced with the presence of Loki Lot. Thank you for (laughs) me. So uh, this season we... Uh, I have kind wait, of oh go ahead I also have a guest to introduce okay okay unfortunately we are also graced by the presence of Josh's liver <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a which I am not a fan of <laughs> this is a long-standing battle <laughs> so yeah. all right now you may continue okay so, <laughs> uh so Loki we uh well, throughout this season, we've been saying that we've hand-chosen every guest, and you are the exception to that, because you did reach out to me and be like, when are you going to do Doom Patrol? And so uh, you were the natural choice for Doom Patrol. Uh, so so here you are while we're, we're talking about the first season of the show and uh, the comic by Gerard Way, uh, who is we've also done uh, for our Umbrella Academy episode. And somehow I never mentioned that he is also uh, the lead singer of uh, My Chemical Romance. My Chemical Romance. Yeah, all I can I'm think of. I'm pretty sure you did. All I can think of is Black Parade. Yeah, well, uh, you're getting there. Uh, yeah, I was, <laughs> I was. The gears were turning. But Loki, you've been a, a longtime listener of the show, and when we were planning on this, you said, "Hey, so what's the drink going to be?" Since you know we have haven't released a lot of episodes, and it's not common knowledge yet that season three was the only season that we were doing themed drinks. And I said, "You know what, man? You can uh, you can come up with a Doom Patrol drink." So in front of my co-hosts <laughs> is just a a pint glass with some. It almost looks like beer. It's got the the perfect like golden hue to it so everyone let's uh let's raise a glass take a drink and then loki will tell us what we are drinking <coughs> i'm okay. even solo cupping it oh Ooh. solo Sweet. nice all right nothing but class that's very smooth very nice bear with your taste buds you want to take a guess well you already told me there's ginger beer in them yep there's some kind of bourbon that's that's yeah, too it's sweet enough to be bourbon. Yeah, I was like, it's not Irish. It's got to be bourbon. And there's something else sweet in there. Honey, Loki, you want to tell him what it is? It's vodka. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should have guessed. I should have known. <laughs> Loki's Loki's poison of choice. Uh, okay. Except he orders his from Russia. <laughs> well, I do appreciate the bourbon. Yay. As is my poison of choice. Oh, is that? Okay. Right. Well, and we don't have bad bourbon in this house. So you were like, <laughs> you were saying that you were apologizing for using a really good bourbon. I'm like, I have no choice but to use a really good bourbon. So yeah, I'm, uh, I guess we can't drop names, but it's a... Uh... Oh, you can you can drop it. It's fine. Oh, um, I'm using Maker's Mark. Nice. Which yeah. people will be like, oh my God, you used to mix that. With. I used Elijah that, Craig. So, that is you know. my mixing whiskey. <laughs> yeah, that's a good mis- 
misking. 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 Mixing. Put the rag in the basket. Yes. <laughs> Put the rag in the basket. Give me the basket. Give me the basket. Uh, so, Loki, every guest that we have um, on the show, we ask them a little bit about their history with comic books, comic book media, the whole thing. So uh, why don't you give us your breakdown of how you got into comics, uh, what your favorites are, the whole nine yards. I guess uh, the biggest influence I've had in comics was from a friend in high school who collected X-Men comics and got me into reading those. Uh, I'm older, so, you know, this is during the mid to late 80s. And so X-Men, you know, Excalibur, uh, you know, I got into like Tick, which was a fantastic series. Yeah, and one that we haven't even written down, have we? Yeah, I it, we do. I think it's on our list. Okay. It's on a, we, I think we were thinking about doing it for the next season, and then we were like, we can't use up Just all do of all the, of the yeah. stuff that yeah. we really, really want to do. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Ninja Turtles, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. Uh, Ninja you know, Turtles. Stuff like that. Yeah. Nice. So, you know, and then uh, manga, you know, different uh, anime. Nice. So Very cool. pretty much across the board. Um, what I like and don't like. Well, you're also an artist yourself, so yeah. uh, I'm sure a lot of a lot of the the more visual aesthetic of the the medium would appeal to you. Yeah, it's um, weird on the artwork, and I'll get into the artwork for Doom Patrol. Right. Some of that was kind of bizarre and cool all at the same time, and kind of retro. Well, so let's jump into it. So Doom Patrol, uh, originally on on the DC uh, Universe streaming channel that has now been folded into HBO Max. Um, I actually had DC Universe and really enjoyed it. I enjoyed Titans. I enjoyed Doom Patrol. Um, You know, um, obviously the Harley Quinn cartoon is freaking amazing. Um, (laughs) I have to say this is probably, this show is probably the most entertaining DC show I've probably ever seen since like the Christopher Reeves Superman movies. Wow, really? Okay, nice. I, I would have to say this show, starting off from the beginning, because I didn't read the comic beforehand. You know, I did, obviously didn't read the comic beforehand. Started watching the show, had no idea going in on what it was about or anything. And I was just sitting going, what the fuck is going on? It was a complete <laughs> fucking just random shit show all at once. And but then you read the a, comic. <laughs> and then the comic was just like, you think that's a shit show? Hold right. my beer. Hold my beer. Yeah. Yep. Hold my ginger beer mixed with bourbon and vodka. You know, I should point out that uh, I, for, for those people that are listening out there, I haven't actually watched hardly any of the Batman animated series, so that, that could color your opinion of me. Right, so right, yeah. I would I would put probably, just for me, because I like that aesthetic, but I would probably put the Harley Quinn cartoon just slightly above Doom Patrol when it comes to the DC stuff, but it's, Doom Patrol is up there. Like, Doom Patrol's good stuff. We were yeah. talking last night about how we don't know how the first season got on Bear's Voodoo account, since I've always had DC Universe, so yeah. I had it available to stream but we finished it on the voodoo and then uh i immediately was like well you guys know the second season is sitting on hbo max and jen was like good (laughs) i immediately started tapping my arm (laughs) (laughs) settle down junkie you'll get your fix right yeah to the point that today when i when i hit the store i'm like "Hmm, two bottles of prosecco because we're going to be watching more doom patrol later (laughs) uh which is probably kind of a spoiler we will be watching the show continuously <laughs> um, so I describe this as, as a combination of Legion.
Legion meets Legends of Tomorrow. And the the reason that I do that is on our Legion episode, we talked about Jen loves Legion. I love Legion. Yes. Yeah. It's Legion just it's just a little bit too much outside for me. And I, because Constantine joined Legends of Tomorrow, quickly caught up with Legends of Tomorrow because I love Matt Ryan. That is too much for Jet. <laughs> it's too, it's, I might be okay with it if it weren't a CW show. Right. On top of everything. On else. top of yes. everything else. Doom Patrol is probably, I would put it in the middle of those two extremes. Except for the fact that Legends of Tomorrow, there's one character I like. One. Which one? John Constantine. Constantine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the okay. only one. Yeah. Um, well, but and th- again, that's why I'm saying it's in the middle. We've, it's, you know, and Legion, I'm like, all right, so Aubrey you like Plaza. those characters, though. Some of them. Okay. Okay. Some of them. Okay. Um, you know, it, it just got, it got real weird. <laughs> well, so I think that's, that's interesting that you think Legion was too weird for you, but a show that had an entire plot point where the entire cast was sucked up a donkey's butt is not is okay and then you got to draw a line somewhere yeah and animal vegetable mineral man but legion was too weird for you yeah okay got animal it. vegetable mineral man was hilarious he was hilarious i'm not saying that it what i love doom patrol i think it's the wackiness i think it's it's if you're going to because legends of tomorrow is the same way if you're gonna put something that mind mind bending is not the right term but do you know what i I mean, if you're going to put something that weird and hard to follow, Happy is a great example too. Mm -hmm. You know, any show that has a cartoon horse, you know, and you're going through all this mega violence and things. But at the end of the day, it's wacky. It's got a wacky aspect. Legion didn't have anything that I would describe as Right. Legion could, that could happen. Right. Well, and that's the thing. Uh, Air quotes. Big air quotes. Right. Big air quotes. But there was nothing like out of. Fantastical. Yes. Yes. And and I guess when I get to that point of weird, I need, I need it to at least be a little fantastical. I'm right here. I know. (laughs) You are fantastical. That's right. I think we discussed yesterday (laughs) that you are all the weird I can, you take up (laughs) most of my weird filter. Yeah. I pity her. (laughs) (laughs) So um, before I get into certain things, Loki, you had questions that you ran past me before the episode. Oh, wait, sorry. He hasn't been on the show before, so aren't you? We we just did this. I'm sorry. We did that part. (laughs) I was thinking about something, evidently. (laughs) (laughs) So... uh, Hit us with your questions. I was going to ask you, uh, what character did you like the most? And what was like your least liked character out of like the whole show? Okay. I, I will go first because you've run this past me, you know, before. Oh, it's easy for me. Um, but uh, we actually discussed our favorite characters while we were watching yesterday. Um, if we're including side characters, my favorite character is Danny the Street. I love how they did Danny. Mm-hmm. I loved everything about it. And at the end, like, I actually believe that Danny the Street was a character so much that I looked up on IMDb who played Danny the Street and realized that Danny never talked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so 
the CGI developers played Danny the Street. Um, but if we're talking just the main cast, I'm going to go with Jane. Uh, Jane's episode was a highlight for me in the first season. I loved it. I kind of wish she was in more of the, the actual comic that we read, but um, I, I really like that character, um, which again, going back and talking about something like Legion, it's, it's more interactive for me because Legion does some sorts of things that are similar in the comic. I feel like what you didn't like about Legion is you couldn't tell what was what. Probably. And in Doom Patrol, when you're in Jane's mind, like when Jane is a different character, you know she's a different character. And that actress, by the way... Uh, facial expressions, mm-hmm. the way she walks. I mean, even yeah, her flip, range is amazing. Her range is mind blowing. Mm-hmm. I loved it. But yeah, when you're talking about Diane Guerrero, yes. Mm-hmm. And when you're yep. in the underground, the episode where Cliff goes into her head, all and, of those actresses and all of those actresses, amazing, had to have learned mm-hmm. that when Jane had portrayed them earlier in the series, yes. that there were certain like facial tics, yeah, ways, oh my god, mannerisms ways of walking yeah they did the director did a fantastic job and the actor that specifically the actor that played hammerhead Mm-hmm. Actress. Yeah. Actress. Actress. Actor. Well, actor. 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 <laughs> that played Hammerhead. Yeah. Damn, um, like, she shows up on the screen, you're like, that's fucking Hammerhead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have to guess. Yeah. You right. know who these people are. Yeah, so, the yeah. way she held herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, you could just uh, feel like she had that presence of, you know, uh, you're ready to kick some ass. Does anybody else really, really, really see the nun? <laughs> What's going on with? Oh, the with nun? the chainsaw? Yes, yeah. the nun with yeah, the yeah, chainsaw. Yeah, yeah, that would be that'd be fun to see pop up. Yeah, and just yeah. just just for a second. Right. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that's that's my two favorites. Um, I think we're all gonna have, well, at least Jen and I are gonna have the least favorite. Cyborg was just. Oh, you mean Robo Boy? Yes. Yes. We'll go. <laughs> Jen, Jen, episode eight, turned to me and goes, "What's his name again?" <laughs> I'm like, "He's he's the most. He's literally the most popular." DC well, and, and he's like, who? Show. Who are you talking about? I'm like, Robo Boy. And isn't that his name? <laughs> it was like, Jen, when you're half man, half robot, what do they call that? Robocop. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Cliff. Yeah. Cliff, Cliff has the yeah. same amount of meat in him that Robocop did. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, and I get why he is milk toast and why he is the way that he is because Cyborg is in Doom Patrol to show you what the quote-unquote real superheroes do, what a real superhero would do in this situation. And in Doom Patrol, that is fuck everything up because- what is that? Be crippled by your personal storyline and, you know, your teenage meat brain? Mm Come on. It was it was it was the CW element of, you know, DC creeping in and it's like, dude, I don't care about your relationship with your father. Suck it up. I love my mind. Get back. Just, I, I, I just heard, teenage meat brain. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, I mean, he's he behaves as though his story is so tragic and everyone else there has no idea what tragedy is. Oh my is. god, you don't understand. Well, no. Like, right? Most of my family died in a car crash. It's like everyone, every single character on that show had serious fucking trauma in their lives. My biggest problem with Cyborg is I have a hard time separating them from watching the Teen Titans cartoon. Yeah. 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 Well, and and, and in Titans that they did 
on on uh, DC Universe. Doom Patrol was originally a backdoor pilot that was one of the episodes for Titans, where Beast Boy shows up for a while in the mansion, and that was their introduction. You have not watched Titans. Um, and, but, I mean, that also was pretty cool because Beast Boy was a member of Doom Patrol for a while in why the comics. Have, so why didn't they have Beast Boy? From Cyborg was also a member of Doom Patrol for a while in the comics. Okay, because yeah. in the animated series, Beast Boy was fantastic. Yeah. Why didn't we have him? We could have Raven. Come on. <laughs> okay, once again, I'm going to say that you should watch Titans, but... <laughs> watched a couple episodes yeah you did when, when I, I think raven is raven would be too competent to be in doom patrol okay fair also true that's the thing is, is these are the fuck-ups yeah but see i was thinking raven from the animated series but even there she's too competent for right doom patrol. and wherever if you're gonna have beast boy and cyborg and raven show up then fucking starfire is gonna show up soon and no nobody, no i just want one likes, i want beast starfire. boy or raven <laughs> We, Robo Boy can go home and stay home with Daddy. <laughs> so, uh, question goes to you, Jed. Okay, um, my favorite character, and I do—I mean, Danny the Street, freaking amazing. Love the gender queer uh, sentient area. It's fantastic. Um, but uh, actual character, I—I I think that I want to go with, and this is going to be a surprise, Larry Trainer. Really? Because Whoa. of his because of his growth in throughout the first season. Like, you know, coming to terms with his sexuality, coming to terms with his condition, coming to terms with the negative spirit. I just felt like that was and, and we kind of saw that in the comic where like he accepted where he yeah. was and and where he was who he was he, he's at that literally point in you time. get to literally watch him make the choices exactly of whether or not he's going to you know continue yeah. on with this in his yeah. life and in the show i feel like i mean in the beginning you're like stop being such a whiny bitch yeah. Right. You know, what are you, what are you bringing to the table? But by the end of the first series, I was like, damn, all right, this dude can stay. I like him. Um, and obviously Robo Boy, don't like him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he can go away. Fair. Um, it, it, God, it was really tough. There are so many absolutely great characters right? in this. Like Alan Tudyk did oh my a God. wonderful Nobody. job yeah. the whole time, even though he's only there as as narrator for most the of beard hunter right the <laughs> beard hunter like seriously the beard hunter is like if i ever get back into a like a white wolf mage game like that is going to be my bear that is going to be my paradigm. Yes. <laughs> oh god my, my paradigm is beard hunter <laughs> i can track anyone through their beard <laughs> um, life correspondence rhyme yeah probably yep. yeah <laughs> a little bit of matter a little bit of matter because it's you're dealing with it once it's gone from their body yeah yeah, yeah. um Sorry. but <laughs> you know, the, 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 just the number of characters that they had that were so brilliant. Like, I, even towards the end, like, you finally, like, Robo Boy Cyborg finally becomes a sympathetic character in, like, what, the last, like, two episodes where you see him almost kill him his father. Yeah. And f now you're finally like, oh, here, some real growth, something you really want to cry about. Right. Something oh, that... and maybe you're going to develop as much as the other characters have. Yeah. Um maybe I, like if i if i gotta pick it's like it's like a hard toss-up for me between like as my favorite between alan tudyk like yeah. mr nobody yeah and um flex mentala oh yeah because how do you not yeah. love a guy that can accidentally flex the wrong muscle and give and, like, everyone an orgasm like, power word <laughs> orgasm like 100 foot radius yeah like well, so it's a it's a hard, it's a toss-up between those two do you think that we're gonna see more of him in in the next season of the tv judging show by what we saw in the 
comic, I would think we're going to see more of I him. think so, too, but if only because he can communicate directly with the negative the spirit. The negative spirit, yeah. yeah. Um, also, did you see in IMDb that the negative spirit actually, there's an actor, yeah, there was an actor. that plays the negative spirit? Yeah, it was. Uh, I was just actually looking at that right yeah. before we started. It was Matthew Zuck. Yeah, huh. so sure I wonder if the negative spirit is actually going to speak in future, in the future season. Um, anyway, can you tell I like this? <laughs> <laughs> So that, I mean, that's probably my favorite character, obviously, least favorite, you know, I don't think any of us really cared for Cyborg much, but um, I was really kind of on the fence about Rita as well, up until the very end. Um, Again, where, great character growth and development. Yeah, but it took a while really mm -hmm. for her character growth to kind of spin up. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's probably, I'd probably go with her as my least favorite character. So Loki, what was yours? I would have to go with as a favorite. Uh, I mean, Danny the Street was fantastic. I mean, that was that's an amazing character, and I love the concept and the inclusiveness. Um, but as a main character, I would have to go with Jane because okay, yeah. I love the different aspects of her. And I obviously we haven't seen all of them portrayed out on the screen, but the episode that with the underground was so interesting. Yeah. And you got to see, you know, just the different little things on, you know, this character, you know, this person is the one that takes care of this particular action of what happens, you know, and then this character comes up with the lies and this character, you know, deals with the psychological aspects of everything. And I thought that was pretty interesting uh, having different characters come in that take care of what needs to be done all to protect Kay. Well, and it... When we did our episode on New Mutants with um, Leia Cameron, um, she pointed out that in New Mutants, Ileana's storyline was a really kind of awesome portrayal of abuse, right. especially as, as, a, as a child. Mm -hmm. um, I would say the same thing about this because you never really, right. everything is suggested, but you know exactly what's happening right. to the point that anytime there is even a whisper of sweet, sweet baby, mm -hmm. you're like, fuck you, dude. Like yeah. you're yeah. so angry all of a sudden right. and on edge. Well, and in talking about Jane, uh, the um, difference between the TV series and the comic, and I don't, spoilers for the comic, I don't want to go too far. There is a personality that is described as the uber and the dangerous one who actually was quite helpful in the tv series right well and maybe that will be a shift maybe they were because that i could see how that personality could go bad well oh, mainly yeah. mainly because that personality is uh well i mean i guess i'm totally spoiling yeah, it yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay so dr harrison is probably the most powerful aspect of Jane. Mm -hmm. I mean, as far as like mutant abilities. I would argue it's them. her or Karen. I was going to say Karen would be the other one. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Just be able right. to look at somebody and, we'll say, and yeah. suddenly like mind, yeah. you know, mind right. fuck them. But both of them relied on the person being able to hear her. Yes. Right. That's true. Understandable. Yep. Which is, which I found pretty interesting too. Also, Karen, that was hysterical. Yes. Just the, she's <laughs> called Karen. Yeah. Yeah, but no, the, that, the uh, episode that had the doctor where they yeah. in the TV show where they went back in time and you know had her manipulate things to I forgot who they were fighting against. It was the decreator. 
the decreator and they had her make the, the recreator, recreator. Yeah. yeah so i mean yeah i mean obviously she holds a lot of sway yeah. and her yeah. power is pretty immense but i'm still kind of surprised that she could be manipulated by mr nobody that much to have this happen where i think she would have you know as a character that strong could have just been like well fuck it you know right let just, the world burn yeah. yeah yeah well and that actually brings up before you get to your least favorite character um josh and bear have issues with time travel how did you feel about the time travel aspect in in this show considering that they really only lumped it into like a single is it one or two episodes i think it's just the one episode. just the one it's just yeah. the one i mean they've done stuff in flashbacks but yeah. they haven't actually I, time travel like, it's it's when one. you start doing these these long ranging or trying to basically like rewrite make stuff them from story arcs yeah from yeah. like okay way earlier in the season or like previous seasons and now you're going to just say oh well if we just put in this little bit of time travel we, we can, can retcon we can everything. retcon all this stuff. and i'm just like <laughs> see my my issue with time travel is a little different than bears my issue is and it, and it kind of fits in there my issue is if you're going to show me time travel it needs to be a much longer story that needs to be a focus because you need to show me how you fucked up because yeah. anything you do in time travel and the flash is such a great example of this by season three every time barry's like oh i'm just gonna go back in time you're like this is what the rest of this season's gonna be about barry because you're a fucking idiot because mm. you don't understand that you can't go back and just change one thing because that will just spiral right. but yeah so that's that's so loki your least favorite i would have to go with cyborg because <laughs> kind of unanimous there yeah, yeah. <laughs> But he seems like he's the, the least, he's fucked up in his own way, mm -hmm. but not compared to the other characters. I mean, the other characters are walk-ups, uh, you know, Niles Calder is horrific about what he did to everybody to get them to this point. Um, you know, just so he can get that sweet, sweet cave putang. <laughs> oh, God. You know, <laughs> that was horrible. So listen, Eldon Sherman Hayes Jr., if you are out there in the cyberverse somewhere and you come across this episode and you and you and you are curious at all about what we're talking about, I just want to know, I just want you to know that I have now seen a visual depiction of caveman style and I was I was disturbed on a, on a very <laughs> like a, a level of I really can't even talk about it. Ooga chaka, that, that was it was a catchphrase that he used to yep. use Can't back in the day, back yep. when we were, you know, still working at the hilltop and bartending. And he's like, Oh yeah, I'd hit that caveman style. And I'm just like, I'm not entirely sure you understand what that entails. And if you watch this, you will see what that entails. <laughs> but I mean, it seems like all the other characters have had character developments except for Cyborg. I mean, he's had very he's had a little bit. Yeah. But right. I mean, the other characters, you actually, you know, all right, they were pieces of shit before. Right. Something sh shitty happened to them. You know, they were pieces of shit afterwards with powers yep, yep. but they're slowly becoming better right. well and for somebody that their arc was tied directly into the main story you know you look at all these uh, other characters that their growth is just a byproduct of what they're going through and then working on themselves cyborg is kind of drug along the way because all of his development and backstory are tied directly into Niles calder and the and the mm. whole right. main storyline and then it ends up just being well get along with my dad now well but i have to say it, not in robo boy's defense but the character was necessary for the season one arc because the group was not a team 
Right. They kind of work together by proximity, but because of Cyborg pushing them to, to in, in very many ways that failed spectacularly, it made them realize how much they actually did care about each other and how much they really could gel as a team and work together. And how much they could actually do what right. they did exactly. get together. Exactly. Exactly. And they but that also involved them embracing who they were. Right. And and what their ability was. Well, and even by the end though, they're still kind of grabbing the wrong cues from each other cuz like I think about when Niles calls everybody back and he's like you have to save Danny, you have to save my daughter and the first person to be like no go fuck yourself is Cliff. Yeah. And then it's only when everyone else is like, we're going in. And that speech from Cliff of, okay, I guess I'm the asshole, which means I'm the asshole. It's going into the fucking pain. <laughs> like that whole part was so perfect because yeah. Cliff was the, before Cyborg was kind of, if there was a leader, it would have been Cliff. He was the only one that, was that trying actually to, trying to pull trying everybody to pull together, together and whatever. Yeah. yeah. And so for him to be like, no, nope, fuck it. Right, guys? And everybody else being like, actually, we're going to go <laughs> into the painting. And right. he's like, fuck, fine, fine. Because the only people I give a fuck about in this world, other than my daughter, are going into the painting. Right. So I'm going into the painting. Exactly. Yeah, well, I mean, he was originally the only one when the city was being torn up in the first couple episodes by the donkey. Or right. donkey when, portal. When, you, when we get introduced yeah. to Cyborg. Right. Yeah, you know, he was the only one that was like, I'm going to stay and fight this. And everybody else is just kind of like, fuck it. Bye. Other than Jane, who went after Niles. Right. In the <laughs> portal. But the rest of them were just kind of like, I don't want a piece of this ship. Right. Well, and yeah, so, and, and I had forgotten about that part. So that's awesome to see that flip, you know, by the end of the, the end of the series. And while we're on the subject, because we haven't brought up Cliff, Brendan, fucking Frazier. Just seeing him back and working again does yeah. my heart good. Yeah. It makes me want to watch all the mummy movies. <laughs> Screw that. Encino Man. Encino Man. Encino Man. <laughs> okay, so es Vierde, Vier. Dirty and vehicle. <laughs> Weezing the juice. <laughs> and we just all just dated ourselves right there. Right. Yep, yeah. sure did. Do not wheeze the juice. No more <laughs> wheezing the juice, Mr. Stoney. <laughs> How much time for the burrito? Two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Two minutes only. It's, oh. it's warm on the outside and frozen on the inside. <laughs> Well, and I have to say there was a com complete segue here, but the, uh, I don't even know if they're the original Doom Patrol, but the, the like retirement home for Doom Patrol. <laughs> Funny enough, I looked that up. Doom Patrol started in 1963. Yeah. And, it was, and those people were never. <laughs> okay. But the thing that I'm most interested in is the caretaker because he Joshua? said, yeah, because he said he, he also had powers and it was never really clear what his powers were. Hmm, right. And the only time that you saw something coming close to powers is when he and Jane went to punch each other and their fists just stopped right, right. in front of each other. Yeah. And then there was like a seismic but it's like okay joshua joshua can come back we want to see what he does yeah I, absolutely i made the mistake of when i was watching the show to look up characters on wikipedia like what their powers were mm. since i didn't know much about 
the characters and I actually got a spoiler like a season two spoiler from Wikipedia under the powers and I'm just like son of a bitch <laughs> so I actually stopped looking up other people and stopped looking up the powers because I wanted to be surprised throughout the, the TV show. Um, the only idea. one I got spoiled on was uh, Animal Vegetable Mineral because <laughs> I was like, because like he shows up in the episode where they're they're at the institute to get powers, and he shows up and he gives his name, and I'm like, oh, he's got to be somebody in DC, <laughs> and I like typed it in, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> Yeah, that's a pretty good story arc too. Yeah, yeah, where you just keep watching him in in courtroom and yeah. in security videos, yep. being and the world's worst supervillain. <laughs> and he wouldn't give up the the other uh, the dinosaur head. Yeah, right. Or, yeah. You know, he yeah. wouldn't snitch on him. Right. Right. Even and though the dinosaur just... head keeps attacking him. Yep. Oh my god, it's that was hilarious. He's gonna be fine though. He was just shot in the minerals. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I brought up that uh, Doom Patrol started in 1963. Um, it was the first DT DC team that argued with each other. And ah. they were literally f- formed as a response to the X-Men. Interesting. Wow. Interesting. Well, and I'm glad that you kind of brought that around because I really want to talk about the comic. I really liked it. Um, and I'm I not surprised. I told you that last night. Like, you're going you're gonna to love I'm this I'm not surprised <laughs> because I love Umbrella Academy. I am surprised that Gerard Way, because Umbrella Academy, the comics for Umbrella Academy, I felt were not fully fleshed. Right, And so I was a little concerned about this this comic because I just felt like the, the bones were there for Umbrella Academy and the TV show did a much better job of, of fleshing out those characters yes, and definitely. making them whatever. But Doom Patrol, I, I think Gerard found his stride. I really do. And if you read the backward instead of the forward, he right. wrote a note on the back. He said that it was just a punk rock splendor party like he just really enjoyed immersing himself in writing this and you can tell yeah well he was a he was a huge fan of doom patrol right but he also talked about how he it um, made me want to eat burritos (laughs) it made me want to eat euros at the beginning yeah i'm sorry that's what was euros um he talked about how he avoided social media when he was writing because he felt like he needed to hear, he needed to hear the voices from it. So like, we're talking about some pretty heavy therapy That's things. That's some Randy Orton shit yeah, right like there. Yeah, like he wanted to hear the voices inside rather than being influenced influenced from outside voices, like other people's random thoughts. I want to listen to my own crazy, right. not everyone else's um, crazy. But then he also talked about not wanting to read reviews or critics thoughts on his work except for there was one that said and i should pull it there was a reviewer that said i can't review this accurately i'm not smart enough wow (laughs) and and gerard way goes on to say obviously in the other points that he made he was extremely intelligent and absolutely was smart enough to review this but appreciated what the guy had to say in his review so i thought that was really interesting but i also found like my favorite epitaph to say now from this comic Hmm. roller skating mother of pearl (laughs) i thought it was no plan just evil (laughs) that was good too (laughs) you heard me say what is your no way when i got to that yeah what what is your plan no No plan plan, just just evil evil. yeah (laughs) but uh, the other thing that i wanted to talk about um 
was comparing it to Legion. Right. I think that the comic actually is closer to Legion I than agree. the show. I agree. Absolutely. Um, uh, and then I had a couple of questions. Like, um, where was Casey in the TV show? Well, it's not included. Although, maybe later, because yeah. now you have a fully... Okay, that yeah. that is spoilers for the comic, yeah. so we're not going to get into that. Okay. But before we get to the rest of your questions, I want to make sure to ask... Okay. Loki and Bear, what they thought of the comic book itself. Uh, I actually like the comic, other than the moments where they're talking about, you know, you're following the story, and it's not a spoiler that, you know, the TV show jumps around quite a right. lot, yep. and the comic is no different, and you'll be reading about one character, and then all of a sudden, the next page will be, look at this character and what they're doing, which has nothing to do with what you were just reading, you know, six pages about, and you're kind of like, what the fuck? And then it'll jump back, like, nothing happened yeah so i did the whole thing was kind of like what throughout the reading the comic and then i was kind of surprised you know the first hundred pages it's kind of like what and then it just starts gelling together much like the tv show did mm -hmm. and you're just like holy shit okay now it's actually starting to make sense is there something wrong with me now well <laughs> at, at one point i looked at jen while we were reading this and i was just like okay i this is just one of those things that i just need to let my brain go i just need to absorb what's on the page not process really like you know too in too much not start because i i get very into i can understand how this would be difficult to review like you were Absolutely. saying because you need to at least your first read through you just need to catalog what's off the page you can't analyze what's on the page you just have to go through and you be like okay cool yeah let it happen to you <laughs> but yeah that I, I agree with that loki that's that's a really good point i did enjoy the different art styles that were in it mm -hmm. i mean you know you have your initial art style and then when you're reading the comic book from uh, i don't want to do a spoiler danny's comic when you're reading you danny's yeah. comic it mm -hmm. actually looks like a 1950s comic yeah you know it's got yeah. the the printing dots you know it's even the drawing style is different you know it i think it was really well done you know and then you've got like the uh, fuck now i'm blanking on his name with the gyro you know 50 different tomatoes sam things. sam sam yeah well no the when you have a gyro and it's uh, different shades, the Andy Warhol-ish type. Oh, oh right. Yeah. Know. The pop art. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pop art. Yeah. Um, you know, there was some uh, like a Salvador Dali-esque type yep. drawing in there. I mean, it was just like, wow, you know, was, I think these guys actually know, you know, the art styles also and did a very well, a very good job of emulating them and just yeah. kind of, but I mean, also adding in shit that just kind of keeps you, you know, it keeps you on your toes. It keeps, right. you know, you're, you're always on that uneasy because you're never knowing what art style or or what the story actually totally is you're never entirely comfortable yeah and well, i think that kind of adds to it yeah and i and i agree with you and i think that the different art styles were used as as part of the storytelling you know it was like they they used the different art styles to kind of tell you give you clues to where you were in the story they were also reflected in the show mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. you see uh danny the streets a lot of different interpretations mm -hmm. and, and things in the comic book they do that with art style yes that you can tell the the attitude the the what danny's going through through the art style there in the tv show it was all weather and set yeah. and you know lighting lighting yeah. all of that yeah. was done so it's it's a again it's why i 
really, really fucking love Danny the Street as a character because you can use those things. Like whether or not it's it's changing an art style. You know, you can have two panels that are exactly the same except for whatever the art style is. Same colors, same lighting, same everything, but one of them will convey a different message. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the medium of television and they did the same thing, yeah. you know, yeah. because you know after the first meeting that, oh, Danny, the sentient being, controls all of that so expresses itself through well they also used a different place in the tv series because the negative spirit would take larry into his memories yeah and that was always done in this really like similar to the karen episodes it was done in this very um you know uh the notebook like Mm -hmm. the lighting is soft and glowy and you know so you knew you were in a memory you knew what was happening but I liked when Larry finally confronted the negative spirit saying I don't know what you think you're doing and the negative spirit used John to talk back to him yeah like when that happened I was like oh yes they're communicating and then they weren't communicating they weren't communicating (laughs) well and then you find out that it was John that that the negative spirit was pulling John's essence into those right. dreams right. Yep. in the and so John was actually experiencing it with Larry and I'm like ah yeah yep <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, Loki, I I pulled uh, aside from your... Oh, no. Um, I I did like that as well. But it seems like the character, the uh, Larry Trainer in the comic book, was a lot more aware of what was going on in Mm -hmm. control versus the one in the TV show who was kind of fucking clueless about the negative spirit until, you know, just now. So 70 years later, you're finally going to start talking to this as opposed to, you know, kind of getting on, on top of your shit quicker. Right. Well, I mean, he... He was in so much denial about so many different aspects of his life that didn't even involve him living 70 years past when he should have been dead and right. having a negative spirit inside of him. Sure. So, I mean, I can understand that, you know, you're talking about a man from the... Well, also uh, in the in the TV series, you go where you're learning about him through flashbacks, but when you're talking about a character and character development, nothing's happened until the show starts. Right. <laughs> in the comic book, Larry Trainer has been around since 1963. Right. Because he was one of the original Doom Patrol members. So he's had, you know, at that point, 45 years worth of character development. Right. Yeah, and we also have... this comic book takes place obviously after because this is everybody getting together and the oh, comic yeah, yeah, book yeah. takes place after they are already together as a team. Right. right. Yep. Yep. Um, I want to say this was, well, this was definitely post- New 52, I didn't look up because they talk about what their last adventure mm-hmm. was. But I think there was a five-year gap between Doom Patrol runs. So they're all talking about whatever their last mission was that then Gerard Way had to work those elements in. That's the right. other thing. Right. Is at one point, Jen, you were like, I have no idea how they got the first season from this. Right. But this, what we read, was the newest introduction, you know, to Doom Patrol. From the old run. From from all of the old runs because right. DC tends to reboot a lot more often than Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you don't have all that history, but Gerard Way was the person that DC said, okay, you know, anytime there's a number one, you have not only the duty of bringing people in and being like, this is your base set, but right. also introducing elements of a however many decades long history. Like if there was ever like a Superman 
Man number one now? I have no idea. Like, I, I have no idea how that writer doesn't just drown. Drown right. in their own tears and sweat. Because you have to, not only, the idea is, nobody's ever heard of Superman somehow. And they pick this up. You have to introduce all of the concepts that are Superman. But you also have to go all the way back to, like, 1932. And do, yeah, and introduce everything from there. Right. Or at least acknowledge it at some point in the comic. Well, right. and create that world and, you right. know, all of that. And in that case, this did a fantastic job. It did. And, you know, I I feel like spoilers again for the comic, but um, Danny plays a much larger role in the comic, a much larger role. And Niles, the chief, plays a much smaller role. (laughs) In fact, he's not really interacting with the characters at all. It's kind of like... It's only, you only see it through flashbacks. Yeah, well, it's not even flashbacks. It's like... What's going on with Niles Calder? What's going on with Niles Calder? And it, you know what it really reminded me of? So, do you remember the show Kids in the Hall? Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. And those little in-between segments where it was like the kid running around in the woods and she was saying, you know, do you know? Or did you know? Did you know? Did yeah. you know? Well, that's yeah. what I, like, that's what immediately came to my mind. Yeah. Or or uh, SNL's uh, Jack Handy, you know, inspirational quotes. Right. Jack like, Handy, just yeah. these little things that got slid in between right. whatever. Palette cleansers almost. Yeah, and they had nothing to do with anything before or after, but they were entertaining. Yeah, the ones of those that were always my favorite was the state because the state had old fashioned guy, mm. which was just Tom Lennon like whittling some wood next to a lake, and he'd be like, "Call me old fashioned, but I believe fire's magic. And it scares me." And that, that was and it. That was, that, was that fifteen seconds yeah. was like your entire sketch. And that's what and it where was brilliant. What, what's yeah. going on with Niles Calder in this comic exactly? Right. Yeah. Well, I think there's there's some foreshadowing in the comic. I thought this comic was kind of before the TV in spots. It, like was. it jumps around in the TV show. Yeah. You know, time wise, because you all you have like the Candlemaker. You know, in you know in one spot. You know, you have different <laughs> things that. No. have been in the TV show that you know were alluded to right but also you see you know like you said they are uh, a gel, well gelled team right well I mean as gelled as the Doom Patrol get really <laughs> ever yeah <laughs> But I did, uh, like, some of the, the background uh, by Danny Comics, you know, you have them making fun of, you know, like, Spider-Dan, like, the poster yeah. on the comic thing. You know, the Danny man with, you know, the Superman. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought that was kind of funny. And I was... Yeah, like, I Danny love all man, that. I, I expected, like, you know, the Superman ones, but, like, the Spider-Man throw-off was just like, oh, really? Okay, that's rather funny that they'd kind of throw that out there, being a DC comic. As we keep doing these, um, we... we do find that there's a lot of that back and forth um superman is referenced in the marvel universe as a comic book a lot um i was just watching black lightning the other day and they made superman references of course they also made crisis on infinite earth references but right well they're in dc yeah yeah. so yeah how's that gone post uh crisis Uh, thankfully it was only the one episode okay and it actually they didn't really didn't affect it didn't really utilize like a mess of the crisis they basically (laughs) just use that as a as a point to further plot with one of the characters oh good 
I'm always so what, curious about that. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. One thing I was kind of uh, laughing about in the comic is the Furby with the cassette tape. Mm. Yeah, I had the, a note. The Furby my Teddy Ruxpin? The, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the organic Teddy Ruxpin. Yeah, where I was like, how many people that aren't, what, 40 the, years old and older are baby, even going to understand what the hell that is? The baby Cthulhu? Yeah. Teddy Ruxpin? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, like, the cassette tape. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, and then a the age where you have no idea what this is gross, slimy shit that came out. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll let our readers see that. Yeah. <laughs> our listeners see, see that. I was amused readers. by that because uh, uh, the design of mm-hmm. that toy, just in general, ties into Legends of Tomorrow in a huge way. So stop pushing Legends of Tomorrow on me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. No means no, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> It's comic. It was comic first. It'll happen. Uh, Ooh, that's those are dangerous eyes. Okay, no. so in order to make my wife's mood better, because um, I like it when she's smiling instead, <laughs> I did catch one other thing that I'm wondering if somehow it was a nod to, because I'd love it, and that was Sam in the comic. It's a is an ambulance uh, in the EMT, mm-hmm. and a couple times he mentions that he only goes where the universe takes him. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, is Sam? A holistic EMT. Oh, I kind of like that. <laughs> if our like listeners it. have never watched uh, Dirk, Dirk Gently, the holistic uh, uh, the holistic detective, um, it's amazing. <laughs> but it's also literally people who have given their lives over to the holistic way of living, which is whatever their profession is, and the universe will send me places and places to me. Yes, it when when I need to be there. Right, right. Kind of like the issue lifestyle for those changeling players. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's he said it the first time. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then he literally said it while they were going through Danny. And I'm like, that seems like something a holistic yeah. EMT would say. Okay, I'm not going to say why, but he's not wrong because he was in the right place at the right time. It's true. It's yeah. true. He might be a holistic EMT is all yep. I'm saying. Yep. <laughs> I like it. And Gerard Way seems like the t- kind of person that would freaking love mm. Dirk Gently. Mm-hmm. Having never seen it, or I mean, not seen it, but I've never read that. That was, um, who wrote that? Who wrote Dirk Gently? Yeah. Um, uh, okay. Josh is looking it up. I don't remember. All I know is that um, he, the author passed away, so there won't be any more, which is sad. And it was a TV show, Loki. And I Douglas I, Adams yeah, wrote I, Dirk oh. Gently. I that, highly recommend it. it. Yeah, I, I couldn't think of it. And I was thinking Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yep. Yep. It, it was Douglas Adams. I couldn't pull the name. Yep. But uh, if you have not watched the TV show, it's it's a high recommend. It's, yeah. it's really, really well done. Anyway. So- <laughs> What did you guys think of the way that uh, like Mr. Nobody got his powers? I, I was that... amused that, you know, he wasn't going to even, the reason why he went had to go and get his powers was because he got turned down uh, over Grodd. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, yeah, Grodd that was... looked that up too. Yeah. It's a different super intelligent gorilla from the 60s. Oh, really? Oh, it's not It's not it's... the one from uh, Flash? No, it's not Grodd. Grodd is later. This is the predecessor to Grodd. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I... Oh, do you do you mean how he got his powers, why he got his powers, or the episode that you find out how he got his powers? Because all of those have, where you find out the, the episode puppet episode, the, out, puppet, the, the puppet, the puppet episode the, was fantastic. The puppet show was hilarious and horrible all at the same time. <laughs> I mean, how do you how do you not love a bunch of mindless drones and lederhosen wandering around? Well, and I mean. I, my dad, and I'm trying to avoid the joke of when I was a young boy, my mm-hmm. father, 
Um, but my dad, whenever we were going on road trips or whatever, he was the guy that wanted to see like the gigantic ball of twine Strange. and like all of those things. Like he was the guy that's like, ah, okay, well, we could stop and we could look at this thing as long as it's on the way. And you'd be surprised how many of those fucking puppet shows are on all of those weird stands. <laughs> like sometime around the 60s and 70s, there was some company that was like, tell us your company's history or tell us the history or whatever, and we'll make this Mechanical automatic puppet, puppet show. show. And I mean, they're all gone now. The the uh, House on the Rock is the only place that I can think of that you can see yeah. a lot of those anymore. But they used to have like 80s and 90s. They used to be everywhere. Hmm. Um, but only in these side of the road, broken down. But they were from the 70s, weren't they? Or were they? No, the 80s. They would have been from the 80s. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. and I mean, you know, yeah. they were everywhere. So like, I super enjoyed it because I can sit and watch that all day because I have very fond memories as a kid mm -hmm. of those. And when we went to House on the Rock, like I was at, like, they give you a certain you mean amount my of house. Yes, oh. your house. When we went to House on the Rock and they gave us a certain amount of tokens. And I was like, I need more tokens. I need to watch all of these. <laughs> Yeah, we when we walked out, we had one. Yes, that we I, kept as a souvenir. That I kept. Yeah. Well, but we bought more. Yeah. Having the you know the puppet show going on, and then having the old Nazi who's being kept alive because someone's turning a crank oh so he can God. breathe was it. just like so ridiculously over the top. Yeah. Yeah. And pretty much right on point for everything else in this show. Right. Oh. Right. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I, they made the Nazis like so ridiculously funny. Even well, and that's. That's the thing is it okay now we're gonna get now we're gonna get into our our main aside um humor in the face of like horrificness um because you look at that and i think of like that episode and i think of jojo rabbit mm -hmm. that came out recently and if you haven't seen that oh my god what a great movie oh no um, i've seen it and that that whole ideal of taking something and lessening it through humor right and like, we're seeing a lot of that with the capital assault but they but I, I think that they use that kind of um caricature of nazis in the beginning of the season as a a correlation to what the bureau of oddities was mm -hmm. you know to the you know detaining people because they're different you know eliminating them because they pose a threat because they're different you know that type of thing but the bureau of oddities was an actual threat whereas old you know turnkey hitler was right. not but it was like a passing of the torch in right. the series yes. like you know old timey hitler is a joke in this series and for a couple of the characters was not a joke right you know right absolutely it was a, still a pretty fresh thing for them but then you've got this bureau of oddities which is actually you know in in this in the series in the tv show i'm not talking about actually real life the bureau of oddities is actually a greater threat and it brings different characters in yeah because in completely different characters from the first the first couple that you have you know that have issues with the nazis mm -hmm. right well and every once in a while they're sorry, even willing... i'm sorry i've i've mislabeled it the bureau of oddities is what Niall started with it's the bureau, bureau of normalcy. normalcy right the bureau yeah. bureau of normalcy is the, the correlation to right and they're even willing to break their own rules though because they employed the beard hunter who even though his his whole thing is wacky. ridiculous and wacky and he falls in line though he does yeah. yeah right well they and they use all of them because 
they kept pulling out Flex Mentallo too. They mm -hmm. just called him number 722. Or right, right, right. Oh, which brings me to another of my favorite side characters, Morally Corrupt. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> because uh, the Beard Hunter ended up loving Danny the Street and staying there. Well, because just he's, like he morally was, corrupted. Right, because he was an outsider. Right, yeah. You know, and that's but what morally Danny corrupt. To. I was oh. like, Oh my yes. God. <laughs> First of all, I love a really good drag queen name. Oh my God. And that one is fucking phenomenal. That one's fire. Oh that my God. Yeah, Especially was... when you can work it into the rest of the plot. Mm. But yes. Oh, that, was, that was perfect. But so when uh, the Beard Hunter was chasing after Niles in the TV show and gets to, I'm assuming they had to find Danny the Street through that. Right. And had to go because that was the same staircase that went down in the doll shop. Yeah. that's I got a little confused about that part, to be honest, of uh, which Niles was that that he ran into. Okay. Did you guys understand that at all? I did. So okay. Niles is in the blank space at that time. The blank space. The white space. The white space. The white space. Sorry. Uh, not the Taylor Swift song. He lives in the white space. Um, and the white space exists outside of where the Beard Hunter can even track. But his power works on genetics. So the closest thing that his power can find is his is Niles' daughter. Right. Oh, so that's yeah, why that it sense. brings... Yep. The... It brings him to the door where Dorothy is. And that's why he turns around and sees the the uh, guardian spirit, for lack of a better term, that I think has now attached itself to Dorothy. Okay, that's what uh, took okay. me off. Yeah. Was seeing Niles in the wheelchair. Right. And not I don't realizing think... it was a guardian spirit just going, all right. There's some sort of disconnect here for me. Right. And I think that that was, that that was an intentional misdirection until you get to the end of the show and think about it. Because I hadn't even really thought about that scene until you brought it up. And I was like, okay, well, going, you know, working through the steps. And I, I, I think all the parts were there. You just have to. And I love that about shows that like are like, we're not going to explain it. You're going to either, you know. Figure it out. Either or you, you figure don't. it out or you don't. Yeah. And, and you can let it but go. But you'll enjoy yourself. Right. It'll, it'll <laughs> still be a good. You know, as we've brought up before, uh, watch the Maltese Falcon, the, hugely famous as one of the the greatest noir movies ever. The original a, murder, a, yeah, it's you a don't murder know mystery, who did it. You don't know it who did it. Get solved. Yep. yep, they never said who does the does the original murder. Um, but you're still along for the journey, you know. So anyway, second time this season I brought that up, but I, I think it's an important point. If your yeah. story is good enough, yep. plot holes don't matter. <laughs> but is that a plot hole? That was intentional. I mean. Right. As far as okay, we're not going to get on that tangent, but yeah. But like the the daughter, when I uh, when Dorothy came, you know, you find out about Dorothy, right? The only thing I could think of was this is some Phantom of the Opera shit. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm not talking the musical, but more the movie musical. You know, okay. where it was just like, what the fuck is going on? You know, and then you find out. Well, I don't know how much you want to spoil that. Well. Uh, you can spoil all of the show, yeah, but yeah. none of the comics. So, but then well, I mean, you know, you find out, you know, he had uh, Niles with the Sasquatch woman, forgetting her name. It's just like I don't think she ever had a name. Who? The Sasquatch woman, the cave woman. She did. She he did. said it at some point in time, and I just can't remember what it is. Uh, I don't know that he said her name. He called her something though. I don't think any of us are going to get it though. So. Okay. No. Probably not. Um, it, I was going to say, in reference to your your earlier point about 
um, using comedy to offset horrible things, right? Which is happens regularly in this in this TV series. Probably my favorite one was the uh, we're about to sit down to a torture scene with the background music being "I Saw the Sign." Yep. Oh my god, do whatever you want to me. Just turn off the ace of fucking bass. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that was fantastic. <laughs> and I felt that to yeah. my soul. Right. I mean, it, it made me appreciate the song a little bit more. I, I had a little sister in the 90s, so I, I, <laughs> I've had a lot of that song. She loved ace of bass. I'm sorry. <laughs> So, so uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Uh, what did you guys think of the interaction between Cliff and when he finally runs into his daughter? I was like, okay, this is another plot point. I was, I did like that at no point does he ever tell her, you know? I, I like that he just leaves the gold watch and, and that is his character arc. He doesn't, he doesn't need to have that relationship with her because he realizes that he she's had a father, even though it is the person that he's been angry with this whole time that, you know, has been banging there's, his wife. Yeah, there's plenty of people around that actually obviously loved and cared for her. Yeah, her and their relationship yeah the uh the whole uh episode where he's outside you guys watched the whole second season already nope no we have not not touched the second season at all Uh, oh man okay yeah um and i found out i there the uh cave woman the proto woman Mm -hmm. her name was slava yeah i was gonna say yeah i thought he said it at some point yes yeah yeah also looking at imdb the d no at imdb um i was like because i was looking at just the top build cast and they they um have april uh bowlby um but in the top build cast they're like oh she's elastigirl i'm like who the fuck is elastigirl they never call her elastigirl yeah. it's rita far yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in the comics she was known as elastigirl that's dumb <laughs> Because in was... in my na- in in my mind, I was like, she's like. Well, Marvel swap already took girl. the blob. She's Swamp Girl. Swamp Girl. I don't know why, but because she got her powers doing the swamp right. thing. Yeah. Right. Not from doing the swamp thing. She did do I the mean, swamp thing. That was like my comment. <laughs> he planted his that. seed in her. Oh. <laughs> she had seasonal allergies. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh no no no. no. <laughs> That's how I'm going to describe relationships that only lasted three months. <laughs> Seasonal allergies. <laughs> Loki, you got any other uh, questions for us? Nope. But Anybody I else was, on the pa- Oh, go ahead. I was surprised when I was looking up some of the people, you know, like uh, Ezekiel, the cockroach. Mm-hmm. Is uh, like, Curtis Armstrong. Yeah. It is. And I was actually, I had to look up a couple people because uh, uh, Rita Farr, April Bowlby. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, where the hell have I seen her before? And it was uh, Two and a Half Men TV <laughs> show. Oh yeah, God. I was actually looking that up too because she was, what else did I say she was in? She was Two and a Half Men and something else. She was in How I Met Your Mother. How, yeah, she was like in four episodes. Yeah. yeah, I did not recognize her from anything yeah, else well, because I have not watched. I will recognize Curtis Armstrong's voice in oh, anything. Oh, yeah. And absolutely. I love that actor and I was uh, fortunate enough to meet him when I lived in Los Angeles and Chris Handel was working on something and he's just a fascinating dude like he is he knows his role in kind of you know TV and movie history and he leans into it like so, character actor yeah I mean yeah. well and it, he got his his start as Booger like in yeah. Revenge of the Nerds but because of that people recognize his voice so he does a lot of voice acting mm-hmm. people recognize him as a nerd so I mean he's shown up on Supernatural he's shown yeah. up on like all of these different shows that he shows up and you're like I know what that character is 
is, yeah. you know? Well, and, and just to that, this is completely a tangent, but to that point, I think that character actors have a far bigger role than stars do. You know, when you've got yeah. a character actor that nails that genre, that character type, and you start you know, this is a prime example, um, but they almost reach a status that to me, I care more about those kind of actors who are, you know, in the nooks and crannies that kind of are the uh, hyper characterization of different personality types that I think are more interesting. Well, and I, I was going to bring this up earlier when you mentioned it, but we were talking about Karen. Mm -hmm. um, and one of my silly side projects to keep myself busy during the pandemic is I'm going through any of the top 50 rom-coms out of uh, Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone did an article, top 50 rom-coms of all time, and I'd watched about half of them. So I'm watching the other ones and I'm kind of doing facebook reviews just to be like oh i watched this and one of the ones that i watched was the proposal which is uh sandra bullock and, and ryan reynolds but you talk about character actors and that one has craig t nelson mary uh Steenbergen, Virgin, yeah. Virgin, mm -hmm. Oscar Nunez, and Malene Ackerman, like as just these whatever roles. I just watched Jennifer's Body recently, well, and you want to talk about? Can like, we go back to that? Yeah, I have never heard of that movie before. You which yeah. isn't surprising. I, right. I have to. I, yeah, I have to. I have to preface that with. Um, not surprising because uh, I'm not, that's not my genre of movies, but that is a cast that I would absolutely see. Just I mean, check it out. Yeah. yeah I oh, mean, Betty White also is in that movie. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Was that the movie that had the line, uh, I'm a kicker, and that's what it says in my chart? Yes. No, okay. the, Jennifer's Body was. Yeah, the yeah. next one yeah. that I watched. I, yeah. I brought up Jennifer's Body, and, and we went back to the proposal. But Jennifer's Body, I mean, had like Adam Brody before anybody knew who Adam Brody was. Had Chris Pratt before anybody knew who Chris Pratt was. I mean, and, and it was like, both of those movies were marketed in a way that I'm like, whatever. But I'm starting to get to the point where if Clancy Brown is in a fucking movie, yeah. I'm going to watch oh, that have movie. To. You we know? have to. You have to, to see how he dies horribly in the first 20 minutes <laughs> of the movie. Um, right. But, you know, it's like Jennifer's body. I, I came in like halfway through yeah. that and watched it and I'm like, God, this is so bad. It's so bad. It's so, so bad. But then I started thinking about it and I'm like, you know, when I was in college, I used to love to watch like B horror movies. And that's what that was set up. And to be. well, yeah. and it was, it was a, it was like a top budget movie trying to be a B horror movie. And, but then it was like, okay, it's just being a little too happy with itself. Mm -hmm. Cause it was like, I thought it had a lot of elements of cabin in the woods but it never got to that level. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it wasn't as bad as it, like, I was just like, Ugh. It knew the movie that it was and it was leaning into it. And that's what I appreciate. And if you can get a good movie that has all of those character actors like yeah. that, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, you know, J.K. Simmons was in Jennifer's body with a horrible wig, yeah. you know? And you once you see him, you're like, oh my God. Like, you know, like in no other movie do they put a wig on J.K. Simmons. And if they do, they make sure it doesn't look this fucking bad, yeah. you know? But, but that's the thing is if you can get the right character actors and things, right. and I think this yeah. is... Doom Patrol is a good example of yeah. that as well. You and know? I'm not, I, I could go further down the road with Jennifer's body and I'm not right. going to. Right, I hear you. Yeah. 
Um, but that's the yeah. point is if you can get character actors are very important. I to agree. Set, Absolutely. To set your, your, uh, but I, and I also like the fact that it feels like Doom Patrol is a movie about character actors. Kind of. You know? And I think that I like that. I can get behind that. I really like it. To the point that if Danny in the Street showed up in something else, I'd be like, oh, cool. It's Danny in the Street. Yeah. Like, cool. <laughs> you might have to stick around and watch some more. Yeah. Of this. <laughs> You know? We love them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. So when you guys were watching the Snow Globe episode, it might have just been me, but I was thinking the Baron von Munchausen. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. Nernheim. Yeah. That was like the first thing that came to my mind. I'm like, what the fuck? But the also a rose for a beautiful lady. <laughs> But also the uh, Willoughby Kipling, played by Mark Shepard. Mm-hmm. Mark Shepard, another brilliant character, character actor. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was like, oh wait, is he? Is this Constantine? Are we gonna get Constantine in Doom Patrol? Right. Uh, no. no. Almost. Almost. Sort yeah. of. I mean, it was only... like it was like the dime store version of Constantine. Mm. <laughs> it was only... Constantine mixed with uh, Crowley from yeah. Supernatural. Yeah. 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 I've only seen the Constantine movie and the TV show. So I haven't read the comics, but I was kind of wondering if you guys read the comics, you know, how much was this kind of a ripoff or a rip on Constantine? So this is an actual character. Um, this guy um, somewhere in DC, cause I had looked it up before. Uh, I just didn't take notes on it. Somewhere somebody asked to use John Constantine and DC said, no, we're doing something else with that character right now. You can't have him. So he created that guy and said, Okay, fine. And he re references knowing Constantine yeah. in other, you know. He, 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 well, he did it in, yeah, in, yeah. in the show. It was just like, <laughs> the, you know, what do you say? Blonde haired guy smokes too much. Blonde haired like guy yeah. smokes too much. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's the thing is there is a lot of that cross um, as you go through, even within the same company, because somebody's like, oh, I want to use this person. And they're like, no. And they're like, OK, there was an example of this when uh, when I was LARPing, when I was running stuff is there's this whole thing called the Midnight Circus, which is a bunch of freaks. And I went to the organization that that held it and I said, hey, I want to use this for a plot. And they were like. No. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to, if you don't allow this, make the exact same characters and change one letter in every one of their names. <laughs> and then that will be my property and not yours. So think about this because I'm going to ask you one more time. Can I have the original thing? And they were like, no. So that's exactly what happened. Yeah. You know, and there's examples of that throughout history or throughout comics, throughout fiction, throughout all sorts of things. How many different versions of Sherlock Holmes are there? Well, it's like if you watch um, uh, Love, Lovecraft Country. Right. They don't they don't talk about, you know, they don't talk about Arkham. They talk about Artem. Right. Well, which was actually the original Arkham. But yes. I mean, that's that's just yeah. my my nerdery coming out. But yeah, I mean, you can change one letter of things and it's your property, mm. you know? So that's interesting to me that uh, somebody along the line wanted... And Constantine, at, at before... I want to say before the 2000s, was never even like a character that was like valued. That was not... Well, it wasn't even... A, it was never a character that was going to hit mainstream media. Right, you right. You know, because you, you can't have somebody that is that like... I don't want to say willfully negligent of their that much of a dick is really what i'd say <laughs> i mean loki you, you, you right there yeah I'm, i mean it's, it's yeah. show in the in the movie yeah he's a dick oh he's even worse in the comics 
Uh, go back to our third fucking episode of the so. show was Hellblazer, and we talk about it, and we talk about both the movie, the show, and the comic. And by far, the the most of a dick that John Constantine is is in the comic books. You have oh, to yeah. lighten him up for everything else well the animated the animated one was yeah that's true almost as bad yeah i mean you uh if you have john constantine or if you're friends with john constantine just expect <laughs> to die brutally and haunt him forever i mean i'm gonna haunt people anyways so you're gonna haunt me probably i'm gonna come up with a lot more of these really nice things to say to you then to ward <laughs> off the spirit. that might do it <laughs> all right any other uh Questions or points anyone wants I to make? I do not have any more questions. I just kind of have like the what the fuck moments. <laughs> I do like those. So bring them up. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> oh, I can I can tell you because I stared in abject horror at the screen when we were finishing yesterday. The uh, Whiskers Ezekiel makeout scene was oh, something geez. that I, just, I've never... It's just a simple way to transfer Cliff from from one kaiju to another yep. <laughs> something that i never needed to see a cockroach and a mouse making out i'm just vamping here oh my that is your kink josh totally yeah. your nope. kink also nope. do rats really have that long of a tongue wow <laughs> <laughs> good question not when i'm going to research it all <laughs> so since you have a relation watched, to body right you haven't watched the second season at all nope not at all. And we don't really generally discuss second seasons on the show. Okay, fair enough. Because some of the stuff was, when you watch the second season, you'll just be like, oh, fucking Loki, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you'll just call me up and just be like, what the fuck? Well, <laughs> mental note. <laughs> I do love that at least once an episode, Cliff does yell, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I really do like that. Because again, Brendan Frazier. Yeah. I enjoy the fact that he actually just said, what the fuck, I'll do this. Well, I mean, he's, yeah, I mean, but he always yeah. has been fun in his roles. You know, in Seal Man, I mean, if they couldn't have brought it to him and he couldn't have looked at it and gone, you know, this is a fucking serious role that would get me an Oscar. Right. Or George is the Jungle, man. Oh, God, I, never I forgot saw about that yeah. train wreck. Oh, my God. It was so good. Mm -hmm. uh, John really? Cleese doing the voice of a gorilla. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Somebody needed a payday. <laughs> well, I mean, you're... At that point, money's money. I was, I was in Monty fucking Python. I do whatever I want. Like, <laughs> right? But come on. All right. So, Loki, uh, yes. you have continued watching the show, but will you continue watching the show and reading this comic? I have actually looked up to get the second volume, which I was probably going to pick up tomorrow, nice. and uh, continue to read the comic, hoping that it's as bizarre and actually gives you some answers for the first comic on what the hell just went on <laughs> and kind of where all these characters tie in. And I was kind of hoping to see more character development, or not character development, but more uh, in the graphic novel, they really didn't, we talked about it, that they didn't bring Jane in that much. And I was kind of hoping that the next one would have a little more of what was going on with Jane. That's exactly where I I am. I'm going to keep reading this because I want to know, I want to see Jane, um, you know, and they mention Rita a couple times and then don't go and get her. So I'm hoping that there's more Rita in the next one as well. Yeah, I was uh, really hoping that they'd have some, uh, you know, uh, pages about the underground more, mm -hmm. or, you know, about the underground and kind of maybe a little more background story than what the TV show had about what was going on, you know, and about the whole underground in general. Because I think that was, to me, the most uh, interesting part of the whole show would be the underground. Yeah, uh, just I like the that The way the personalities too. interacted with each other, 
from the train conductor bringing the primary person up to the consciousness, you know, to all the background characters, the driller, you know, the nun, the, what is it, the three tags? The sisters. The, the sisters. sisters, yep. You know, I thought that was just such a great concept for having the personalities like that. Jen, do I even need to ask? Um, yes, because uh, something that we didn't touch on at all was I'm going to continue to read because I want to know who has the meats. <laughs> Arby's. Oh God. Arby's has the meats. No. Nope. And I am not going to say any more than that. If you are curious about meat, read oh the comic. <laughs> oh my God. You. <laughs> um, I, I got to see more of the comic just because I got to see more of this, uh, like organic Furby, um, this 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 Teddy Ruxpin, baby Cthulhu. Yeah, baby Cthulhu. Um, <laughs> baby Cthulhu reads you um, bedtime stories. I do want to see if there's if they actually bring in Jane and Rita, and um, I'm not really concerned if they bring in Cyborg or not. <laughs> um, but any boy. other characters that they bring in, I would definitely watch season two just because um, I want to see if there's more Flex Mentallo. Yes. <laughs> So if your, if your date gets canceled tonight, it's, it's season two of Doom Patrol time. Might be. <laughs> um, but we don't hope that your date gets canceled. It's true. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll definitely keep reading. I'll keep reading. I'll keep watching. Loki, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. This has been oh, awesome. Welcome. Thank um, you. Do you have anything, any websites or anything you want to plug? Not at this time, unfortunately. Okay. I'd... Once once we get more of okay. your um, artwork and photographs up on, on the net to buy... We will, we will be happy to plug you. Yeah, actually, whatever you have behind you, uh -huh. uh, uh, I'd like to see more of. Oh, that's, I did not do that, but it's. Uh, um, it looks similar to something that you've done in the past, though. Yeah, it's the same style. Mm -hmm. It's actually uh, Mr. Brainwash was the artist who did something with Banksy. Oh, like nice. A movie. Yeah. And. Oh, was that Exit Through the Gift Shop? Yes. Okay. And uh, so that's where I saw that in. It's, uh, I don't know, well, obviously the people that are listening can't see it, but it says life is beautiful and it's got a photo or a spray paint stencil of uh, Billy Holiday on it. So I love and, jazz. So and that's a crow. why I picked it up. And it a crow. Not, not a crow in there. What did I see behind you that had Billy a crow Holiday. on it? <laughs> oh, it's Billy Holiday. No, turn on your video on. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. Hold on. Let's finish Once. this and then we'll go through that. Okay, go ahead. So, uh, Loki, thank you for, so much for joining us. And uh, everyone, join us next time when we will be doing Over the Hedge. I want my cookies! Okay, I don't know what this is. And um, I'm looking forward to our guests <laughs> right. who will help me through this. Ken and Regan. All right. Ken and Regan. And until then, take it away, Vandello. <laughs>
together as it seems. Don't want to see my back.